0: Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The words can roll easily off of our lips today. Even for Peter and Paul, some years after the resurrection, they had amazing confidence in declaring that Jesus was risen from the tomb, that Christ had achieved victory over death. They did this even in the face of significant persecution. Christ is risen indeed, alleluia. It's pure joy, the ultimate good news for all the people that was given to us to proclaim. It's so straightforward. Yet it was not so according to Mark on that first Easter Sunday. The twelve had long since run away to hide. Peter denied Jesus three times, never to be heard from again in Mark's gospel. It's the women who are left to be brave enough to approach the tomb that day. But even after they hear the good news and are told to share it, we read that they went out and fled the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were This scandalous ending to Mark's gospel is so problematic for the early church that they tacked on two different alternate endings to make clear that the story doesn't really end there. But I don't think it was an accident that Mark ended his gospel in this way. I don't think it also indicates any kind of skeptical attitude about what is to come on Mark's part. In fact, it's certainly in line with the rest of Mark's gospel where the disciples are so often just muddling through, not really getting it about who Jesus is and about Jesus' powerful relationship with God. When Mark ends the story here, it's very intentional because he's telling us something about the very nature of the resurrection. Mark believes that the resurrection is the decisive moment in the history of the world, and no power, no force, no fear, no nothing in all of creation can reverse it. It happened. And because it happened, death, violence, hatred had all lost their sting. Christ crucified and risen forever put the world on notice that love and life have won the day and nothing, nothing can reverse this ultimate truth. See, everyone could run away scared. But that doesn't change the fact that Christ is risen. And that truth continued to penetrate through the fear and death that cloaked the world so that little by little that truth That power made perfect in weakness took hold in life after life as the coming kingdom of love, peace, joy, and mercy became ever more apparent among us. Death and despair will always try to convince us of their ultimacy, but their self-destructive nature betrays them. And the beauty of God's alternative cannot be contained as it pierces through the darkness. And so it is that for 2,000 years, we've gathered here together on this day to face despair and to proclaim with Christians throughout time that hope is alive and active among us in the resurrection of Jesus. We celebrate the ultimate victory, yet Mark's words of fear do haunt us more profoundly this year. The story ending in fear hits so much closer to home after all that we have experienced since last Easter. Last year, as we read the story that, that follows in the midst of the Easter season of the disciples locked in the cloak room, we read that we read that as those who were locked away in our own rooms, wondering when the fear and the quarantine would end. Then came locked doors amid rioters in the streets, locked doors of families of color fearing violence for their children, locked doors in fear in our own Capitol building, locked doors just the other week in a supermarket as mass shootings began to take hold once again. We know what it is to run away in fear. We know what it is to keep hope, love, and life buried deep within us. But Mark's gospel makes it clear. We can run and hide, but the good news of life will not be impeded. Love and life are on the way in the resurrection, and no power of darkness can stop them. Throughout the season of Easter this year, we're going to be focused once again on our resurrection project as we turn our attention to our brothers and sisters in Haiti, particularly this year. We'll be focusing again on Chemin L'Avi Mio, a pathway to a better life, the program that helps women on the central plateau of Haiti to chart a course of sustainability for their lives and for their families. Haiti as a country is in its worst period of violence since the mid-1980s. In the addition of a pandemic on top of an already unsustainable political conditions that have left many despondent in Haiti's terms of its current outlook, this is the reality in Haiti today. There are many locked doors in Haiti today, as People live with the fear of political violence, a pandemic and lawlessness around them. And the women of the Central Plateau, well, they are some of the most vulnerable people in that country to begin with, and so they have never known life without fear. One of the central elements of the CLM program is getting the women to a point where they can actually look the caseworkers in the eye because so often when you first go there, their eyes are downcast, because they live their lives in fear, fear of predatory men, fear of family abuse, fear of general hardship of living so much on the margins of our world. Throughout this Easter season, we want to look more deeply into how hope comes alive for these women and how hope comes alive for us. Even though the women in the Easter story are told to go out and tell in those first moments, they're unable to do so. But we'll hear in the coming weeks how God sends the power of the Holy Spirit to inspire us as it inspired them. To fill them with a vision of a world restored with grace and peace through the power of the resurrection love unleashed at Easter. We'll hear how God sent those first disciples as God sends us into the world, and we'll see how those women in the central plateau come to stand up tall by the end of that program because they've been filled with an experience of transformational love through those who care for them in the CLM program and the community that they form. Community formed in love for each other. That same kind of sacrificial love that Jesus shows us in the cross and God says yes to in the resurrection. See, hope is alive because the resurrection is real for us. And in a year in our country when we've seen death rates raised because of the pandemic. We need this good news. We need to know that love and life always win. Many years ago, I was on internship like Pastor Lily, and I used a book during the Lenten season for some services that we were doing in our little chapel there during Lent. And it was based on the seven last words of Christ, meditations on that about people who had stood there at the cross and how their lives were transformed by their experience it was a good book it was helpful to to think about how Christ's love transforms us and calls us to to see our lives differently and to look at our sinfulness differently a great lenten focus but when i got to the last meditation about the woman who stood there and and reflects upon loss in her life as she hears Jesus say, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. I, I felt like there was something missing as I read that story. And what I realized in reflection, what was missing in the Lenten focus of that time was the resurrection. That the story fell flat of transformation without the power of the resurrection Embedded in that narrative. The story was powerful but incomplete. And so I wrote on Easter that year, if we ended the story there, it would be all over. We'd be facing the ugly parts of our lives, realizing that we're broken people and that's all there is to it. We need the hope of the resurrection and its power to show us a new beginning. After our Good Friday service the other night, I went to share words of promise and consolation with the family whose 98-year-old father and grandfather was close to death. And as I went to, to go to visit them, I picked up my green book out of my office. Usually I'm using the newer red one, but I grabbed my old green book. I guess I was nostalgic on Good Friday. I flipped through to mark the page where I needed to be in the book to say the prayer and as I did so a couple of pieces of paper fell out of this old book and I opened them up and looked at them one of them was a funeral announcement for Mary Lebot another was a little pink memo pad from here in the office when someone took a call and it said John Rattery's in the hospital and not doing well two beloved saints of Prince of Peace that Have gone to their eternal home many years ago now, and so many others that we have laid to rest since then, just here in our community, as even that night I went to be with the family facing death once more. It's ever before us. And if We see it only through the lens of Good Friday. The cross could become an image that only haunts us with the certainty of death. But the empty tomb transforms the cross. It transforms it into a radiant symbol of life, hope, and restoration. The evil in this world did its worst on the cross to try to prove the power of hatred and violence, but God said an emphatic no to their power as he said yes to the power of sacrificial love in Jesus. Therefore, despair can always win the moment, but the light of the risen Christ will always win the day because it's precisely the cracks of our brokenness. The wounds of our suffering in solidarity with others that create the space for the light of Christ to shine through. Easter 2021 may be a time in the midst of uncertainty when we're still struggling to see beyond our fears. In the midst of our grief, we may be struggling to see the light. But know that the light of Easter comes as certain as the dawn. The living God is moving among us. The Holy Spirit is on the loose. Jesus is risen from the tomb. The grave is empty. And that act of God is what is transforming the world, even in the midst of our fear and our despair. Hope is alive. God will continue to love, inspire, and transform our lives as God invites us to join in the restoration of the world. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia.